Hi, colleagues. This is Vanessa Vigna, and you're listening to Sea of Talk, a podcast all about reading, writing, and all things in between. Let's dive in. Sea of Talk. It's Vanessa Vigna. This is my very first podcast. I'm really excited and also fairly sure that maybe three people will listen to it, but that's okay. Reading and writing float on a sea of talk, and my learning also floats on a sea of talk. So I'm putting it out there, talking through ideas, and hoping that someone somewhere gets something out of it. So let's dive in. My first podcast episode is all about vocabulary. I have some strong feelings about vocabulary. I have strong feelings about many, many, many things. But one thing that I feel very deeply is that we don't need a resource, a book, worksheets to teach vocabulary. I know this for a lot of reasons, but my biggest reason that I know this is that that's the way that I was taught vocabulary. I had a workbook, and on Mondays we introduced the words, and on Tuesdays we defined the words, and there was never less than 20 words on the list for the week, and we also had to write the words in sentences, and sometimes we got to be a little creative and actually draw a picture. Um. I don't remember any of those words. Not not a one. I also think back to the drilling kill that I did in high school, getting ready for SATs and college prep tests and doing the flashcards. Also not effective. You know what is effective? Talking. Talking about words. Using the words all the time. Flooding our kids' lives with amazing words. So I'm going to just briefly talk through my approach to teaching vocabulary and then maybe give some ideas for ways to reinforce it and even celebrate it. Um, Starting with teaching the words. First of all, we have to know that words are divided into three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one words are basic everyday words that most kids know when they enter school. Uh, Words like baby and house, eat and sleep. They all know what these words mean. We don't need to spend time usually teaching these words because they've had many, many, many exposures and use them on the reg. Tier two words are where it's at. Tier two words are high leverage multi-purpose words, 
They often have multiple meanings. They're most often multisyllabic words. There is a lot that we can do with them. Some examples of tier two words, I mean, there are so, so many. You just like pick up a book or an article, any text, and you'll uh, discover some tier two words. But just for example's sake, um, examine, brief, capture, value, all of those words are tier two words. And then the tier three words are definitely words that we're going to need to teach students, but they're not as multi-purpose. Um, these are our content-specific words. Examples usually come from the content areas, math, science, and social studies. So hypotenuse and photosynthesis, these are words that we use in a very discrete context. We're not weaving those into conversations um, as frequently. Uh, so I love using... Uh, the bringing words to life way of teaching words, the text talk approach. So first step is to select the tier two words from a read aloud or some text that you're going to uh, discuss with students. Uh, step two in the process is to point out the word and have students repeat it a lot over the course of the sort of word session, the word, the wondering of the word session. Step three, define using a learner's dictionary definition. Do you know about learner's dictionaries? So it blew my mind when I found out about them. You know how back when we had those worksheets and workbooks and we had to define all the vocabulary words for the week and we had to define use the dictionary definition and often it had the word within the definition. So it was this whole like recursive definition that just had me spinning around in endless circles because I still didn't know what the word meant because the word was in the definition. How can I define it if I don't know what that word is? So a learner's dictionary is pretty straightforward. It is a dictionary for learners. So it uses really basic words, lots of tier one words even, to define a word. Very simple, very student-friendly. It is the only dictionary that should exist. I don't know why there are any other dictionaries in schools. These are the best ones to get. There's an online version that I use all the time. Just Google learner's dictionaries and you will be blown away. Step four, after you've defined the word using a really student-friendly definition from a learner's dictionary, show a visual. And I just do a Google search for something. I, I know the word, the tier two word that I'm trying to teach. And I think of a visual connection and I, and I show the image and I ask students, how does this image represent mm, and fill in the tier two word for the mm, don't say mm, and then discuss it, have them like argue their cases. It's very enlightening and also really fun because they get into it. Step five, ask students to share a time that they, mm, or give an example of the tier two word. And then step six, do some word analysis with the word. So 
maybe take a look at any affixes, parts of speech, syllables. The etymology is really fun, um, if it, especially if it comes from another culture. Those are my ways of teaching vocabulary words. You can tell, like, I just do like one or two at a time. It is not the 20-word list of my youth. It is a very short list, very targeted, very high leverage, and very doable. My theme for the year is making things manageable and meaningful. And I feel like this routine is both. It's meaningful. It's helping create meaning. We're finding connections between words. Students are using the word and talking about it endlessly. And it's manageable because I don't have to make any copies, which is my goal in life. I don't want to do any extra work that I don't have to do. And a workbook, although it is pretty handy to just like pass out a workbook, it takes away all of the engagement and all of the connection. So we don't need workbooks to teach vocabulary. We can just have a good time discussing it and raising our kids' word consciousness through the text talk approach. So then to reinforce it, you're using the word all the time. It gets put up on your word wall. Include images. Include realia. Any kind of real 3D object that you can staple, tack, stick, glue to your wall safely with a with permission, please. And then you can have this huge collection of all of these words and you can play some really fun word wall games. You can Google those, you know, it's sort of like guessing games, but they're using word analysis skills. So I'm thinking, pick a word from the word wall. I'm thinking of a word that has three syllables. Okay, so then the process of elimination, narrow it down to a handful, and then you give another clue and just keep narrowing it down. They should definitely have a language study notebook where they can do some of these uh, fun, engaging activities, doing like a frere model, word sums or word matrices. Um, those are great. Then also um, eliminating any sort of work and written work for them and just doing more read-alouds. I love using wordless books to help brainstorm uh, words that go along with the images that we see in the wordless books. And there are so, so, so many amazing wordless books out right now. It really blows my mind. You can do a Google search um, or ask a librarian for the latest and greatest. Lots of opportunities for students to have some multi-sensory play, building the words with Lego brick. Lego bricks or doing letter stamps or writing the word on a chalkboard with chalk, a little mini chalkboard, and erasing it with a wet paintbrush, or even just writing it with a wet, wet paintbrush. I love doing that outside on the sidewalk too. I found a stash of old keyboards in my kindergarten classroom last year that were not being used, and I saved a couple of those for language study activities like typing out some of the vocabulary words, pipe cleaners, using stickers, wiki sticks, even doing poems like acrostic poems or incorporating the word in a haiku, like so, so many ways 
for them to play with the words, especially in multi-sensory ways in their language study notebooks. In fact, I would probably even have a section in the language study notebook that was just called play. And that's where they would do all of these sort of practice uh, writing of the word, multi-sensory writing, especially of the words to help build their automaticity and fluency with and becoming familiar with these tier two words. And then just reinforcing the words by displaying them on the covers, just putting a simple sticky note on the cover of a recent read aloud, whether it was a picture book or a chapter book or a graphic novel, and collecting all of the tier two words on the cover, even having a section in their writer's notebook where they can collect inspiring tier two words that they might end up using. I totally have a section for words in my personal writer's notebook, and it has super fun, unusual words like cattywampus. Definitely, like, why am I not using that word in my writing all the time? It is a ridiculously fun word to say and use. Um, And also just some more um, tier two words that I want to impress my readers with by using them in my writing. So you have this huge display, hopefully somewhere, of words in your room, uh, especially the tier two words. I'm not talking about your content area, word walls, your word wall for math or science or social studies. I'm talking about these tier two words, these words that are really sophisticated that we want our students to recognize and be able to use fluently. And a way to encourage them to do that is to have them do word, to be word wizards. So it's a really fun, simple activity where you display the words and then you have a way of keeping track of how many times students hear, use, say, uh, read, overhear the word out in the wild. Maybe it's on a show. Maybe someone says it in conversation. Maybe they read it online. Anytime they hear it, they report back to you and share the word that they heard and also how it was used. And then we put a tally mark next to that word. Some people go crazy with word wizard and every student is individually competing against the other students. I just love the collective adventure of tallying how many times we're hearing the word out in the wild. You can also have different levels of of goals, like maybe after hearing the uh, words from our word wall 50 times, we have become word nerds. And maybe after a hundred times, we are word wonders. Like just come up with different levels um, and start using those uh, monikers to describe your students. So instead of calling your readers or writers over, say, all right, word wizards, come on over. Let's learn some new words today. Simple little things like that help celebrate and acknowledge and encourage the use of all of these words. All right. That was that was my first podcast episode. Don't forget to 
check out the little teacher made a zine zine that I made that accompanies this podcast. It'll be available on my website, mizvinga.com. As I used to say with my students, your favorite website ever. And I'll be back with another episode next month. My computer just logged out. Uh-huh. Blooper. It's not a blooper. It's going in because I am a one and done recorder. See y'all next time.